properties are cozy and snugged. We own many properties. Why is that important? Because that's one way how to make money. And that's one way how to feed your family. I love it. Good job. Hello, hello, hello. This is Stephen Lee. Once again, as your guide in the transmission of the Black Wall podcast, I want to thank everybody for coming and listening and spending your time with us. Help water your investment brain and your investment ideas and take that time you need to help facilitate the vision. I want to also thank all my guests that I've had so far. Man, you guys have added such a interesting dynamic to the whole conversation and transmission that I couldn't have done by myself. And I really want to thank everybody for that, for taking out your time and adding your expertise to add some bricks to this here black wall into the black print as uh, black and brown investors and entrepreneurs and all around people that like getting money. I want you guys also to uh, please continue to share, like, follow, subscribe to BLK Wall underscore podcast. The feedback we've been getting on social media and the push that we've been getting on all the streaming sites is truly amazing. So I want you guys to continue. We've got listeners all over the world. So I want to shout you guys out. Really, really appreciate you guys. We've got some people out in London. The UK, we got some people in Brazil, and then people all across the United States. So I want to appreciate you guys for listening, tapping in, sharing this information. Today's episode, I want to talk about letting the fox in the hen house. And I think that's a very important thing for us as black and brown people especially when it comes to financial space, because I've mentioned this before in Shelf Life Money episodes one and two, that a lot of times coming from the ground up street economics, when we get into these uh, corporate financial spaces, part of the design of the game that they play with us is try to make us feel inferior and less than and stupid while taking our money, right, and living and providing for their families off of the fees and the other revenue that's generated from managing and handling our money. I've spoken about this. And recently, um, there have been some uproar in the investment real estate community about the comments of uh, one Mr. Grant Cardone. Um, I'll be honest with you. I follow him on Twitter. Um, I followed Grant Cardone since I first heard him, I believe on bigger pockets, um, which is like a basic, basic, uh, like get started podcast for real estate. Right. And this was probably seven years ago. And he had this thing called the 10 X theory, not getting into his theories too much. Don't really give a fuck. But it, 
was a cool theory and it was and it was um it was valid for like uh inspirational thinking it was valid for like uh think outside the box push yourself type shit but not really for building a real estate portfolio profitably in my opinion right so i parted ways listened to a you know a couple things he had to say that was that didn't take it too serious didn't put uh too much into it now we're at the point of 2023 where Apparently he's he's like some kind of fucking celebrity and he's felt comfortable enough to to speak his mind about how he markets to black and brown people and um, how his demographic um, under 40, how he's the most popular for blacks um, in the investment space. And he purposely targets uh, that demographic, which is us with specific placements on where he's going to appear uh, in media, the way that he speaks is vernacular and his presentation just in general and the guest and the uh, people that he associates with, whether they be celebrities, entertainers, whatever he targets those movements, right on his part in order to market to our people. In order to sell some form of product. This ain't nothing fucking new, right? This has been happening in this country since the beginning of time. <clears throat> Brother Dame Dash coined it culture vulture, right? I think we all can agree that's what it is. Culture vulture situation. <sighs> this is where I really have the problem, right? My problem is not that he said this because I think we all know and have experienced people outside of all our culture treating us like this, right? Like, have you ever gone into a room of all white people in a corporate setting and all of a sudden they start with the brother stuff? Hey, brother, how you doing? Everybody else is, hey, how you doing, Tom, Jim? You know, how you doing? What's going on? How's everything? But when they get to you now, it's, hey, brother, how you doing? That's like the, the code switch lets you know I'm cool, right? So we've all experienced this type of code switch shit on their end, right? Now, we also have witnessed the code switch on our end where you got a friend, y'all sitting there talking, and all of a sudden their phone rings and it's the job and they turn into a whole nother person on the phone. Right. Their whole voice switches. Everything switches. So we do this as human beings. Right. So so that's kind of the push and pull of life. Now we're going to get even deeper here, y'all. Let's go. I'm black. Right. But everyone says I sound white. Right. This has been my whole life. This is the way I talk. This is just is just who the fuck I am. Right. Now, I had to decide early on in life. That it would get really weird if every time I hung around my family or my black friends or I'm in a, you know, a black uh, setting, barbecue, anything, I could start talking different. Does that make sense? I felt like people would notice. I might have tried it once or twice as a kid and it probably just didn't work. I don't really remember, but I'm telling you, it would make me feel weird. Right. So I never did it. And then when I got around my white friends or in corporate America or the all white school or, you know, met the white girl's parents for the first time, I didn't switch up the way that I talked to them either. 
right? This is my voice. This is the way I speak. This is uh, the vocabulary I choose to use. This is my inflex of my, my vocals. This is just what I do, right? So I never really experienced the code switch thing as much as other people have. I'm sure I had to tone down my language and my vulgarness when I get to corporate America. I haven't done the best job of that, but I know I have, right? I've had to. So on the face value of what he said, is it racist? That's up to you to decide. I don't really give a fuck. Is it disrespectful? Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you why. Don't talk to me in street vernacular or in layman's terms or street terms, whatever the fuck you want to say, if you're not from the street. See, that's where I got the problem. Not all black people are from the street. They're not. And so when you go past that, I think what we really are are trying to say, but are scared to say is the streets are realer than everywhere else. And and fuck it, I'm going to say it. When you say I got to talk in street terms, that just means you got to talk real. You got to talk simple. You ain't got to try to impress me, my nigga. Oh, see, I wasn't supposed to say the N word. That's that. See, that's that. That's what I'm talking about. That moment right there. That little slip lets you know that I'm from the culture. I'm trying not to. Right. But when we get to just talking and we get to just really feeling about money and what this is really all about. Yeah, I'm going to slip up sometime. Okay, So I apologize. I shouldn't use that word. But I'm triggered right now. Because at the end of the day, the fact that they feel that all of us need a rap video. In order to understand the information is 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 insulting. It just is. Okay, so back to what I was saying. This man feels that way. He said what he had to say. I think it's a I think it's a telltale sign of what the larger body of uh, corporate and investment community thinks of us. And I think we should use that intel to our advantage. So I did some research, right? Because I wanted this to not be just an emotional bitch out session. I wanted it to have some validity and have some uh, meat on the bones for us. So I did some research and I pulled up a study, a report from the McKenzie and Company uh, group. It's a consulting firm, guys. Do your research. They've been around since 1926 and they've been a part of some of the most impactful uh, globalization trends and movements that we've seen in the past hundred years. That's the truth. But I want to give them credit for, for their, their, uh, their reporting, their writing and their study. And Mackenzie quarterly, they released a report about the $300 billion opportunity serving the emerging black American consumer, April 6, 2021, y'all. Okay. So that means that these people who are a global consulting firm to some of the world's largest companies 
and governments, they did a report in a study about our demographic and our culture and how it's a $300 billion opportunity. Now, as I, I, I read through the report, and, I, and a couple things really jumped out at me that I thought were really, really uh, impactful. I encourage you to go read the whole thing if you like to and get some uh, further information. But there, are, these are the bullet points that I think uh, are relevant to our Fox in the Hen House conversation here. First of all, what stood out to me is that they did the report. The fact that they did the report lets you know that this is, they're not fucking around. Okay? It lets you know that there's real money on the table that we bring to this game. And now they're looking at our community as an emerging market, just like they did China, just like they did India, right? Sovereign nations. They're using the same strategies to figure out the marketing plan and to figure out how to be part of the infrastructure and make money from our dollars, right? I think that's very interesting. I think we need to, to, to really understand that the global corporate zeitgeist is now studying and spending real money and resources on studying our community and our dollars the same way they study emerging sovereign nations of other people of color. So take that information for what you will. And what they've discovered is that our spending habits are different because something that we do, right, that is very different than everybody else, is that we take care of extended family more than our counterparts of the white community and the Asian community, excuse me. And because of that, it adds a whole nother dynamic, right, to this whole thing is that sometime there'll be one person in our family that's taking care of four or five people, different households, right? And I think that is is very, very important that they're starting to understand our family spending dynamic, okay? They're also understanding that we spend the most amount of time on smartphones. We spend 12% more time on a smartphone than our white counterparts. I think that's interesting. So they know where to market to us, right? And I think that once you start understanding that there are literally whole companies that are paying other companies to study our habits, you could start seeing why they talk the way they talk to us because they're looking at us from a a computer screen in a chart and they're trying to figure it out, right? Because there's $300 billion on the line, but there's a lot of nuance that they don't understand because they're not from the culture. How can you say it's easier to wrap it up and talk to them in street language when you ain't never been on the fucking street? That's where I had the problem. Right. So they know that we spend the most time on smartphones. Right. They know that our spending habits went up about eight percent. Since 2019. Right. Our, our spending habits have gone up. 
But what has not gone up is our savings rate. I think that's also very interesting. So they're tracking us, guys. They're tracking us. And not in a bad way. They're doing it to make money like we should. So if we know that this is the way they think of us and we know this is the way they treat us, why are we still doing business with them? You shouldn't do business with people that don't respect you. And I'm not saying all white people don't respect black people. That's not the, please don't get, don't get lost in the bullshit. What I'm saying is, is that I feel like corporate America doesn't respect the average person. I think they think they're smarter than us and it doesn't matter our color. Another thing, they said that our communities suffer from food deserts more than anybody else, which I think we all know. They said the opportunity to buy fresh food in the black community is a lot harder than it is everywhere else. I think we all know that. Okay. They say we're also 2.4 times more likely to live in a place without health care. Right? Banking. Black banking. They talk about how important black banking is. They talk about black banks have been closing recently. We're down 7% in black banks. Okay? So these are all the things that are going on in our community. And they're still trying to figure out how to get part of that $300 billion. I propose that we don't let them talk to us like we're stupid. I think when we start looking for influencers and life hacks and all these other things, I think we're cutting ourselves short. I've noticed in my inbox on social media, if I got another person trying to sell me some crypto package, how I can make money in my sleep with some package that they're selling. Enough, guys. Enough. We can't be predatory towards ourselves and, and, and pass around bullshit information and charge for the real information and then be mad when somebody talks about us like, like we're not equal. Right? We got we to gotta keep it honest, y'all. I did not like his comments. I don't like the whole idea of talk to them like they're children. Talk to them like they're pookie on the corner. I don't like that. Because honestly, my street friends, they're fucking geniuses, man. They're geniuses. They run some of these things like 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 real life. I don't even know what the word is. That pause was so long, but it's 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 because I don't have a word for what they do. It's such it's such almost magic. Ain't nobody I, I know sell no goddamn crack. Okay? That's not what's going on here. We're talking about real business minded people who have multiple hustles. Right? Some are legal today, some are not legal tomorrow. I mean that's up to you in what state you are. You know, that's that's neither here nor there. This is not a legality podcast. But what this is, is to highlight the fact that if you're in this investment space, how much of this are you spending with our community, right? Do you have a black real estate agent? 
Do you have the contractor, the developer, the architect, interior decorator, whatever you need? Are you really, really searching out in our community to find somebody to work with, to find somebody to patronize their business? Right. Or are we just talking about it? Because if they're doing these studies and reports to try to figure out how to tap into our dollar. We got the upper hand because we're from these communities, right? Everywhere is not the street, right? Some some black people have never, ever, ever seen a sidewalk in front of their house, right? That doesn't make them less black. That's craziness. But we need those people to feel comfortable with the people who did grow up on the sidewalk. And we can't look at each other as adversaries and enemies and then be more comfortable running to people outside of our culture. Because what they're doing is they're literally figuring out a way to market, dress, walk, talk, and who to be around to make us comfortable to get our money, but will not invite us to dinner. Right? We have to pay to go sit down for dinner with them. So, I personally am trying to do my part, which to me means that any time I spend money, I do my best to make sure that some of that money is going to somebody that looks like me. Right. I do my best when I learn a lesson to make sure I share it with somebody that looks like me. I do my best to make sure that if there's some disrespect about my people and my culture, I check it in the moment. Right. Because if we're not checking it in the moment, we can't go in the car and talk about how they did us. We got to do that right then and there, man. So. It's really important when we get into these financial spaces and we get into. Money making and money management and wealth building, we don't just give away our power when we walk in the door because they got a suit on. And they got these letters in front of their name and they got this degree on the wall behind. Man, fuck that. I mean that. Man, fuck that shit. Okay. We're all equal here. If you made the money and you created the black print to get to this point. No one's smarter than you. They can add to your vision. They can be advisors. You can listen. Don't be bullheaded. Remember, put your ego in your back pocket. But don't all of a sudden walk into these situations and and, and bow down to these people. Because that's the only way they feel like they that they're equal to you. Is by, hey, brother, and talking to you and all this stuff, man, check that shit immediately. Okay, check it immediately. And ladies, check the sexual references when business is happening. And I'm saying this as a man who's guilty of it sometimes, right? Pretty woman handling business. Sometimes we get too fucking comfortable. Check our ass. Check us immediately. First time out the gate. No, no issues. Check our ass. If we get too comfortable, so much as talking about hair, nails, makeup, anything that makes you think we not focused on this money in this business. Check our ass. 
This shit is checks. It ain't checkers, homie. You know what I mean? And and I think that that's really, really, really important that I say that as a father of daughters. Sometimes us men, we get a little too loose when it comes to powerful business women. Y'all going to have to uh, straighten, do some straightening when it comes to that. OK. But we can't let people. Try to homogenize us, homogenize us. And make us all one thing. We're not. And that touches a nerve with me because of the way that I speak, because of my voice. Right. People have been trying to put me in some kind of box my whole life. I don't care what I sound like. I sound like what I sound like, but it's authentic. It's me. It's been me the whole time I've been alive. And I don't need to validate my street credibility to nobody. I'm 41 fucking years old. If you know me, you know me. That's all I'm saying about that. But what I do know is that the people that are able to talk about that life and they're qualified for it, they live it. They, they, that's how they are all day long. We don't glorify that shit. Ain't nothing to glorify about the streets. Okay? There's a difference between me and the Blackwall podcast being the only financial and investment podcast with an explicit language warning on it is because this is how I am. This is how we talk. Me and my friends, when we talk about money, we're going to fucking curse. I don't know how you can talk about money and investment and not curse, but that's neither here nor there, right? That's real. You hear the way me and my guests talk? They educate me. They really plugging me in, giving me some knowledge. This is how I feel like you should talk about money. This isn't a situation where I'm sitting here trying to pretend like I'm the best. Like I have nothing. Nobody can tell me nothing. That's not true. But what is true is when someone comes into our space, into our culture. And try to blackface it because that's what it is, right? He's trying to blackface it. And then tell us that's what we need in order to understand the information. I have a problem with that. If you're not from our culture, you can't tell us what the culture needs in order to hear you. Say what you got to say. Give me the facts. Tell me what you're selling. Tell me how it could benefit myself and our community and keep it fucking pushing. Everything else is dishonest. And we feel it. Now, I want us to say when we feel that dishonesty, when we feel that pandering man, lock your wallet up. It's that simple. We don't need to grab a picket sign. We don't need to get mad. Lock your fucking wallet up. The minute you feel funny about the way they're treating you. I just did a I just listen. I just did an interview. Shout out brother Andre Payne, who's a builder. So that means that if you got money, little bit, lot of bit, and you felt like using a black builder and contractor, then you could do that. I know for a fact Takesha Wood is one of the best agents ever because I use her. So you could use the agent to find the land. You could use the builder and the contractor to build your house. Right. If you chose to. So you can't say those avenues aren't available. And those people will treat you with respect. Right. 
You might actually bump into those people at the grocery store. Your kids might play basketball or sports with those kids. Right. That's what I'm in it for. Let's start putting a value and a premium on spending money with people that you're going to see how that money impacts their life. That's important. That's the black wall. Right. So when people from the outside community come and start with that shucking and jiving, bootlicking, blackface jive, let's just lock up our wallet. You don't need to say nothing, especially in the investment real estate space, especially in the business space. We don't have to take it. Right. We just don't. So. I guess. We all just need to take some responsibility of who and what we let in this $300 billion hen house of ours, so to speak. I think we need to guard it. I think we need to be a lot more diligent on how we collectively spend this money. I think we need to think about it better. And I think we need to notice That these companies are literally doing market research about us the same way they did for sovereign emerging nations. So they're not just looking at our dollar as just a percentage of the American spending. They're trying to figure out our dollar like it's its own country in order to monetize it. When are we going to look at it so we can grow it the same way they look at it to monetize? Open form question, right? So I want to thank everybody once again for supporting this mission because there's people all over the world that are listening to this. And we have guests and we have feedback that is just going bananas, which means that the dialogue is is somewhere at someone's dinner table. It's in someone's psyche right now. So I want to thank you. Let's keep pushing. I'm working on merch. I want to do a little uh, merch. Working on an ebook. That's going to be fun. And I'll keep you guys posted on those things. I'm actively working on those things. Don't forget to store Georgia Lee. General store, you know what that's about. Cleveland, Ohio, that's coming very soon. Thank everybody for uh, following us on IG, BLK, wall underscore podcast. It's really, really been fun. Show ideas. Uh, anybody wants to be a guest, speaking engagements, all that fun stuff. And uh, I want you guys to have a great day, great week. We'll talk in a couple days. Have some cool guests lined up, some special stuff. So keep uh keep up on that. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, we're gonna be launching a YouTube channel for investments. So stay posted for that information. And I want you guys to have a great one. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Um, I think Daddy should make a lot of money so we can have more properties. And make way more money than we're supposed to. Because I think making money means that we can... That we can expand more of our properties. And then we can make more money by...
by having um, better properties.